Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you new weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. You dare me to hit record, huh? Hey, that was good timing. We got the alarm going and everything. And, uh, well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Our Certain Point of View. My name is... Oh, yeah. Is... Oh, yeah. My name is Jim. And I'm Tim. Hello there. Oh, we are blowing the red right off the levels. You're welcome. Thank thank you. All right. And today we're recording late. Uh, it is not our typical Monday release. It is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. We got any news? What are we talking about today? What's today's episode? We said it at the end of... What? Yeah, we are going to talk about our current favorite Mandalorian episode, and I yeah. said that very specifically, and our current favorite scene. Yes. Yes, we are. Okay, oh, yeah. but first, the news. Do we have news? Um, I got some I ha- news. I bring your news on. Well, it's not really news. It's more of an observation, because I've been playing Squadrons, and I'm really, really, really bad at it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Me too. <laughs> I'm... I'm, yeah, I'm the guy with like zero kills, uh, six deaths, and maybe one assist. Um, it's, it's really ridiculous. But I was uh, online, so I, I was I got the PS4. It's not a PS4 Pro or anything. And I, I went to Walmart and I saw this guy I knew who like knows his electronics and I asked him about you know is is the VR experience for Squadrons worth it? And he said you know it really is. However. Even the the PS4 Pro, you're really pushing the ability of the machine by getting the VR for it, and so his recommendation was instead of spending you know three hundred dollars to get a uh, VR for the PS4 that's going to literally be obsolete in less than a month, um, you know wait and get the five. Of course, I'm like I don't have the money to get the five, let alone the five and a new VR set. But whatever. Right. Um, but so I went on to YouTube and I started watching uh, you know reviews of the VR. And at first, I thought I was looking at like the PS4 VR, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is beautiful." Then the guy explained, "Now, so this is the PC," and I was like, uh, "Okay." And then he showed the uh, PS4. It, it's a substantial downgrade from what the PC can offer. Um, it's still amazing, and it's still something I wish I had. Um, but yeah, I think I've kind of talked myself out of uh, spending money. But my whole point of telling the story is, uh, well, a couple points. One is. Yeah, I think that was pretty good advice, that if you have the money, you might want to wait till the PS5 comes out to get the VR. Um, And the other bit of advice is is not to feel bad if you're that guy who gets blown up literally within five seconds of joining a dogfight, because I'm sitting here with my little game controller, and the dude I'm watching in this video is sitting in an actual, like, cockpit he built with actual, you know, because for a a PC, so he's got an actual, like, you know... uh, what do you call it, throttle, you know, mounted on the left, so like a, like a real fighter pilot, in other words. And so when he's looking around, it's like he's flying a real plane, and I'm sitting in my living room on a flat screen. So I stopped feeling bad about always losing, because I'd like to believe that that's the type of guys I'm up against. I would, I would, I would say so. That's my news. So you gotta, you got to understand, uh, Jim and Tim, from our certain point of view, we're... Old. We're the guys in squadrons. <laughs> well, I'm actually old. Who uh, who make the the other people leave the group at the end of each match? It, it's it's true. <laughs> it is so true. 
I feel really bad because, well, not really. I think this is hilarious. I was playing yesterday, and this guy starts just talking about how awful we are. And he was doing awesome. He was, and we got defeated because the rest of us were terrible. And I was the worst one in the group. And then he leaves. That's, I quit the group, and I join a new group, and we're in the same group again together. And <laughs> <laughs> the same results. <laughs> he, like, racked up a bunch of kills. We still lost because I didn't get any. I'll tell you what, for the first half of a match uh, round, I don't know what we call it here, dogfight. The yeah. first half of one of the dogfights, I was in first place. Uh, yeah. And our team was getting destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> I was in, Sorry, I was in first place for our team. Uh, yeah, well, that that's clear. <laughs> not, for, not for everyone. Yeah, I ranked up to like third because I got one assist. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, well that's all the that's all the news I got, is that I continue on my squadron's journey. I still haven't finished the game, um, the story mode, and apparently there is more to it. I, would, I did watch a little bit about like how many chapters there are. I didn't, I don't like spoilers, so I didn't look at the story. Because there's a story, some, there's a secret weapon being built by one of the sides, and you know, because you keep going back and forth from Imperial to Rebel pilot, so uh, I don't remember... Who's doing what? But there is a story there. So yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm apparently not nearly as far into it as I thought I was. Got any other right. news? No, I don't have any other news. Uh, as I always. mean, just our just our our big countdown of nine. But we'll get to that in a second. Well, as always, we ask that you please leave a five star review on iTunes. It's how we grow the show, or wherever you listen to the show. Leave us a positive rating. Uh, leave us uh, a note saying hello there, and uh, that way we know you're listening and loving the show. All right. Just beware that if you do leave a note like that, we're going to call you names. Well, yeah. And that name will be General Kenobi. <laughs> General Kenobi. Um, so there's a comedian who does a bit, I think it's Jim Gaffigan, about how Harry Potter is just a Star Wars story. Have you seen this? Yes. Do, do we need to talk about this? No. I told Jermaine I would. It's enjoyable, and you should listen to it. Okay, so there's your... Jermaine wanted a shout-out. There, there's your shout-out. Um, hey, Jermaine. And yes, there are a lot of weird similarities, like the whole, uh, I'm going to leave you with your uncle, then I'm going to come get you 20 years later. Um, not quite as long in the Potter series, but it's the same guy with a beard, and he goes yeah. off to an even older guy to learn stuff. And he meets a woman that you kind of think he's going to fall in love with, but he doesn't. And then his no. funny they're like friend They're is. like brother and sister. Yeah. So, uh, J.K. Rowling. Okay. It's it's actually the epic saga, the hero story. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty, but it is weird, kind of the whole aunt and uncle, and you have magic powers, and I'm not going to tell you, you know, what happened to your dad, because, yeah. Anyway. I think we're ready for countdowns. Let's do it. All right. Only one Kenobi is coming in at uh, question marks, which I think puts it ahead of uh, The Mandalorian. Yeah. Because it could yeah. come out in five days, because we don't know. We don't know. Uh, it's not going to come out in five days. No. Are we, are we reading <laughs> from the top this time? No. We always go with the closest, don't we? All right. Nine. Well, yeah, How do you say days. no in German? Uh, no in German. Well, you're a very literal person. Nine! 
Nine. Nine is no in German. And it's also a number in English. Yeah. Hey, did you see my uh, my message today? The song that that uh, that they redid. Don't change the world. Don't change a thing. But me, the NXS song. I'm standing here. The sky above won't fall down. That song. Uh, no, not that song. Okay, then. Um, oh, was it about the outfield? Because the lead singer died. The outfield. Yeah, you know the. It's everybody no. knows that song. Uh, knows the outfield because of all the love, all the love in the world, and the one about the, uh, the really really creepy one where he seems to like the. You know, I like my girls a little bit older. I find that song very very creepy to be honest, um, but it is a catchy song that everybody knows. I don't want to use your better than the alternative tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'd be bad. <laughs> you know, but from the 80s, you could almost expect lyrics like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Because <laughs> the 80s had some really messed up lyrics when I think about it with the whole... Uh... Anyway. We... So I was talking about that your... That guy's your... dead, and, uh, and that was sad. So... I was talking about Shannon Hood. Uh, Shannon Hoon. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I need to check that out. Um, yeah, so that's a cover that, that Blind Melon did? Yeah, they did a cover of the Three is a Magic Number. That was on, uh, I think it's a Schoolhouse Rock. Like, it's old. I will have to check that out. It's, uh, three is a Magic Number. And I've heard Dude, all over the place. You um, are blowing up the levels. You might want to dial it back. Just all right, I'll look. come back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, so, you know, I think Jack Johnson did it. Oh, I but, love that guy. But, so they, you know, obviously the Schoolhouse Rock has its own, like, tone. And Jack Johnson has his own, like, tone. Yeah. And, and Blind Melon did the same song, but with a... With a different tone. I would imagine. Um, yeah, Shannon Hoon, for those of you who don't know, was the lead singer, songwriter, guitarist for uh, Blind Melon, a band that only had uh, three albums before he died. Um, or was it? No, they, I think they had two. The third album was posthumous um, and named after his daughter, Nico. And it's a neat story, all the money. It's like basically all this B-side stuff they recorded. Um, but seriously, one of the most gifted songwriters I've ever, you know, heard and and beautiful voice and just you know sad story he's a very young guy today's the 25th anniversary of his death sadly they will forever be known for the bumblebee girl and the all i could say is that my life is pretty plain not yeah, like watching the puddles gather rain that's pretty but good there's impression. no rain no, and that, that it's not that that's a bad song, but like so many awesome bands that have the kind of one-hit wonder thing going on, it's not really representative of their style of music so much. Um, I mean, it kind of is, kind of isn't. It, yeah, but uh, the remake oh, yeah. of it on the Nico album is really good, but it does uh, it does cuss. So, so there's a song, this completely different style of music. And I um, like watching the puddles gather Do you know the song One More Try? I don't think so. How oh, baby, can, oh, baby, can we give it one more try? Man, you're a better singer than I am. I know, I do what I can. <laughs> um, you had, like, no feeling in that at all. Oh, baby, <laughs> give it, can we give it one more try? No, but do you remember Eddie Money doing My Girl Life? Not Eddie Money, Eddie Murphy. 
My girl likes to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. Hey, Murphy. What are we doing? I do. Well, anyway, I, uh, just a uh, nothing. I was I was referencing the the one hit wonders. Well, the the ones whose whose single that that takes off does not represent the music they make. Yeah. All right. Well, so yeah. Poor so yeah, like, and I and I said it earlier. Like, I was I had to take a chainsaw to a tree that fell in the yard, and well, yeah, you got to teach so him who's boss. I just cranked up the stereo, and all my neighbors got to listen to. Uh, oh, my to that, well, I didn't really get to listen to it because the chainsaw was loud, but my neighbors all got to listen to it today. I'm standing here Not, on not the Timmy T, but Shannon Hoon. The sky above won't fall down. That's in excess, dude. That's an Australian band. Speaking of Australia... Are we ready to get on with it? Yeah, we are 12 days from Mando Mondays. Okay, good. Because you, you said this was going to be... Our shortest episode ever. That's right. And we're, we're 13 minutes in. And we're already on track, sort of. All right. Um, you mean to run the countdowns? I'm going to run the countdowns. You ready Do for it. it? Do it. Lego Star Wars Holiday Special and Wookiee Life Day are 27 days away on November 17th. Yes. Star Wars The High Republic books come out in January, 76 days away. Yes. Star Wars Day is in May, 195 days away. And at the end of May... We get the new Star Wars Lego Skywalker Saga, 222 days away. And right after number. that, there's a bunch of other stuff, and we'll talk about it in a few days on our next episode. Let's talk about The Mandalorian Season 1 today, based on our moods this week. What are our current favorite episodes and favorite scenes? Okay. Wow, you, you did that really, really fast. And I'm kind of catching my breath because I'm still looking at the first number, number nine, Mandalorian Season 2, nine days, which means there's only one podcast between us and then. And we plan on doing kind of a general breakdown of the Mandalorian Season 1. So, like, you, you know, kind of any sort of weird Easter eggs that we thought might be important. Um, no spoiler stuff because we don't know any and we don't look. But um, just kind of a reminder of the important key points and, uh, I don't know, you know, how it expands the lore, something like that. Anyway, all right, yeah, so favorite episodes, favorite moments. I think we should do favorite episodes first. I agree. And then favorite moments. So my episodes this week, Yeah. Or my episode this week, um, and, and my episode and my scene both have a similar theme, even though they're not both in the same episode. Um, Mine aren't either. So... And this kind of drew us back to last week when I was talking about everything and a lot of the relationship building and, you know, developing his family away from his family. Um, so my episode for this week is The Reckoning. Nice, because I was down to The Reckoning or Redemption. Yeah. Um, so I went with The Reckoning, and it was Written just... by whom? Was that a Filoni episode? Uh, it's Favreau, I believe. Oh, okay. Written by Favreau, directed by, um, Deborah Chow. I got, yes. I got a cheat sheet up. I don't have a cheat sheet up. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was, I chose that, and the biggest reason was they all came together for him. Yeah. Um, you know, the guy who was done, just, just done. 
he helped him at the beginning because he wanted everyone gone and away from him. Like, that was his entire purpose, was get these people and stop people from coming to my planet. This is my planet, right? It's my island. Yeah. And I don't want anyone here. Like, that's why he helped. And now you go away, too. Like, we're done. Yeah. And, you know, same with, with Cara Dune. She was done. She was like, this is, I'm out, like... I'm done doing the stuff I was doing. I want a peaceful life away from everything. I'm done. And he was able to just rile them all back up, get them all back involved. And uh, and I love that. Um, obviously, there were some really specific scenes in the episode that made it awesome. I, I forgot the Ugnaught's name. What is his name again? Um, cool. Uh, cool. It's K. I'm reading it, but I can't. K-U-I-I-L? Quill. Quill. That's right. Quill. Quill. I think it's Quill. It might be. I, I don't remember. Well, that's how it's spelled. But yeah, I think you're. I think they pronounce it Quill. Yeah. Like yeah. A Q. Um. So I mean, just just awesome. I like Grief Karga's character in in this episode. Um. You know, just. Just the fact that he could just say, "I need help." After, after, and they were very meaningful encounters that yeah. he had with these people, but they were still brief. Yep. Um, well, the show's awesome because it is episodic for the most part, like, like kind of a return to the old school shows where, you know, each, each one is an encapsulated story, um, which I think I'm using episodic opposite. So these are like encapsulated stories, you know, you could have like watched episode... Uh, four or episode five, like in different orders, or even six. But seven and eight, you you really need to have watched the rest of the series and then watch those two in order, because right. one picks up right where the other leaves off. Um, yeah, and yeah, like you said, it like all that time we spent on these mini kind of side quests pays off big time in the reckoning. Yes. Yep. Yes, in an, in an awesome, awesome, awesome way. So, um, that is my pick for top episode. And episode 7, one. The Reckoning. Chapter 7, rather. The you Reckoning. know, and this, this really was hard, because on the one hand, I'm like, well, each, obviously each episode has some sort of new aspect that's like, oh, that's really cool. Like, the first time you see the, uh, the Mandalorians living in the cave, the first time you see the armor... Which, what was the neat observation about the armor this week? My daughter actually made it. Um, there are spikes coming out of the armorer's head. Yeah, and if you listen to our extraordinarily never-ending uh, history of Maul... <laughs> that, went on, that went on so long. It really did. I think it was an episode... I think it was in podcast number three about Maul where we talked about when the Mandalorians started putting those spikes on their helmets... It showed that they were part of the Death Watch that sided with Maul, and even were being called Maldalorians. Yeah. Um, so it does, and that was written by um, Dave Filoni, and he's working with John Favreau on this show. So that's that's not an accident. That can't be an accident. That the armor has horns on her helmet. She has to be a former Maldalorian. It seems like. I would think so. That that or her her signette is something with horns like that. Well, I mean, but, if if someone like me is picking up on that, then you know Dave Filoni's picking up on that. Oh, no, I mean, they're there for a reason, no yeah. no doubt. I mean, the the costume designs in Star Wars 
are never by accident. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know, they, they often were in the original trilogy, but whatever. Well, the the main characters were wearing <laughs> the the British pilot suits, and yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, and the well, the X-wing pilots were, and then one of the Bosque was wearing a yellow one, and all that stuff. But yeah, but I know what you mean. Now that there's like a cannon and all this stuff, all this stuff, and now now that they've undergone the fan scrutiny that they have, which must be so like hard to like just kind of emotionally mentally and professionally deal with knowing that literally there's going to be guys like you and me for good or evil picking apart all your work um that even here we are debating you know what the meaning is on the horns on this costume of this character that we see for a total of less than five minutes and eight episodes right where it's Um, possible it's possible that somebody was just like hey this will look cool Right. Yeah, like, and on a I, lesser I don't think show, that's the case, but yeah, on a lesser show, I would say yes. Uh, Walking Dead, I'd say yes because they seem to forget everything that they have written previously, um, which is a shame because I've, I've mentioned that show so many times because like the first four seasons were so good. Westworld is a show kind of like uh, what I'm hoping The Mandalorian turns into, where literally every little detail has been extraordinarily well thought out. Uh, to the point where you really have to go and research the shows in order to just see how much they put into it. Um, but anyway, we're not talking about Westworld or The Walking Dead. We're talking about The we're Mandalorian. We're talking about Jim's favorite episode currently. And again, I keep saying the word currently, and what I mean by that I is... I know what you mean, I think. Uh, yeah, moods change, right? Yeah. Like, where are we right now? That, What's yeah. going on? You know, what have I watched? What have I talked about? Our conversations last week probably inspired me to choose these the episode that I chose along with the scene that I chose um, and just where we were with our favorite Star Wars moments I think inspired some of this. But it's a it's an ever-changing force. I'm going to use the word force because I guess. Force. Um, so my favorite, I kind of already said, uh, is uh, the second part of, you know, you have Chapter 7 The Reckoning, which is with Tim's pick. Mine is the last uh, episode in the season, Chapter 8, Redemption. And what yeah. a great, uh, you know, you know, play on words, reckoning to redemption. And it does pick up exactly where uh, reckoning leaves off. They're trapped inside the uh, uh, the bar with Moff Gideon, you know, just blowing it up. And this, so the reason I like this episode as my favorite is it. First of all, the uh, the beginning of it is was controversial. You, you remember the scout troopers? I do. Do you remember why this was controversial? Because they hit the baby. They hit the child right in the face. Yeah. Um, but before we can start getting too upset, IG-11 comes along and rips them apart. Yeah, he does. Um, so, yeah. So, and then that scene of IG-11 just going through the town on the speeder bike, that hit so many just nerd bones in my body that I'm like yes 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 you know that that hit the vibe it was like the coolest scene so you get to see like an IG unit actually do its job on a speeder bike yeah and that that was cool instead Um, of just standing there watching Bubba Fett get talked to yeah um so yeah he goes there um wait a minute am I getting that right Uh, was that IG or was that the Mandalorian on the speeder bike that was IG oh yeah yeah, and uh, so they go in there, and the other thing that's really... This is the only episode where we see the Mandalorian's face. 
Now, he looks awful. <laughs> and Pedro Pascal's a good-looking guy. He's a very unusual-looking guy. He's not a classically good-looking guy. Um, but he is he is a good-looking guy, clearly. Um, but he, he, he looks rough here. I mean, he's all bloody and, you know, sweaty and stuff. And, and it's almost uh, like his son, his body hasn't, or face hasn't seen sun in years, really. And he's just been in the middle of a heavy percussive blast, which he right. had been. Um, we had, we saw Baby Yoda use his powers um, in an amazing way, and he killed a uh, clone or a uh, stormtrooper, a flame trooper to be specific. Uh, this episode just has so much action in it that it appeals to me. But at the same time, we see the dark saber. We see Baby Yoda use that power. Um, I, I'm saying Baby Yoda. I prefer to say the child, but like pop culture, it all calls it Baby Yoda. It's really, really hard. Like I'm, I'm usually really good at resisting stuff like that, and usually this this one me. has been difficult. This one has been difficult. Yeah, but this is the episode where the armor is in there kneeling, and the, the five uh, um, stormtroopers come in, and she breaks them. Using hammers, literally, just breaks them. It is yes. beautiful. Oh, um, that was in this episode. Yep. This is the episode where they have the... Uh, gosh, I remember we talked about the uh, the Greek mythology with the river Styx. Yeah. As, uh, they're, they're going down the river with this old droid who looks like the uh, Charon, the ferryman. Um, oh, my gosh. Great imagery. Um, and it really kind of... from So this, again, is written by John Favreau. Um, directed by uh, Taika Waititi, the guy who has become like just a legend. Um, Waititi's first big movie was it? Shoot, was it Thor? It was one of the Avenger MCU movies. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it was Ragnarok. It was the best of the Thor movies. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So Waititi's really just and I. I mean, to me, Waititi, I always think of. Um, <laughs> His original mockumentary, What We Do in the Shadows, the, I mean, he wrote that, he stars in it, he is absolutely hilarious, he's also, uh, but it, anyway, so he's, he starts with these really kind of humble beginnings, and now I see, he's the voice of uh, IG-11, um, yep. he's amazing, this guy is absolutely phenomenal, I always knew he was funny and talented, but like his artistic eyes is incredible, uh, because where I'm going with that is the imagery in this... Uh, and this final episode for the season is so perfect. They're, they're crossing the river Styx. And it's like you mentioned in The Reckoning, each character has had to make a, a, a choice on where, you know, what path they're going to follow. And yeah. all of them kind of follow the selfless path, including the, the Mandalorian himself. And, um, and the way that is summarized visually is them going down this river of lava and coming out into the sunlight. Um, like that's, you know, I mean, it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, they did. I just, I really enjoyed like that multi-layered writing like that. And maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe they didn't, but I'm fairly sure they did. Cause that, that imagery was dead on. Um, so the redemption is definitely, uh, right now, like you say, my favorite episode. If I go back and watch them again, as I've been doing all week, I kind of love whatever episode I'm on. Yeah, see, I haven't gotten to. Well, honestly, I haven't in my in my rewatches right now as we're getting ready for season two. <clears throat> I haven't rewatched either of Reckoning or Redemption. Yeah, I was kind of calling back on my. I mean, I've watched them not, but so long ago. 
But uh, actually, I think it's been a while. It's been a while since I've watched those two, because um, I knew I was coming up to October to do my rewatch. So I haven't I haven't touched Mandalorian in a while. So I haven't watched those two in a while, um, and it a rewatch may have may have altered some things. Nice. Um, so let's do uh, honorable oh. mentions for episodes. Oh, okay. Uh, very brief here, and it's it's kind of what what I expected you to say. Um, was the prisoner? The prisoner was a different, unique. <laughs> it was um, definitely. Yep. If you're gonna rewatch an episode, you know, honestly, <laughs> you can almost. Well, this is a perfect time to watch that episode, right? We're nine days from the season two, but we're ten days from Halloween, and that's a a very. It's got some scenes that are very. Halloween horror movie esque. Yep. Um, I thought about that too when the ship yeah. shuts down and the lights keep going in and out and they're red and yeah. Yeah, and I think like it wasn't them. it wasn't my favorite episode. Um, it's definitely cool. It's really really cool. Not my favorite. Not honestly, it's not in my top six of the eight episodes. Hmm. Right? Like I like it a lot, but it just it wasn't a a forward push on the story. It, it added a little side piece, but it wasn't one of the forward push. I really liked the story of the Mandalorian and the child, um, and I wanted to see yeah. that progress. My least favorite was the the gunslinger. I was going to um, ask if that was, yeah. Yeah. I figured I, you know, it would be. And I don't dislike the episode. Yeah. It's it's just my least favorite of, of what's out there. Um, I, I enjoy all of them, and I will rewatch that episode over and over and over again without any problems with it. It's just... You know, it was so it was so standalone. You're like, all right, wait a minute, nothing happened, right? Yeah. We saw, we're pretty sure we saw Moff Gideon's boot, right? Like that was. Well, yeah, I was listening. A lot of people are saying it's um, it's Boba Fett. Right, and that's we had talked about that as well. Cause the uh, yeah, because the jingle sound. Right, but yeah. I, either way. Okay, that's, you're then right. We, that's the only part. Right, then we potentially saw Boba yeah. Fett's boot. Like either way, it's yeah. like. Well, Okay, great. <laughs> we still don't know either way, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. Um, so those were my, those were just little, a couple of them that I wanted to mention. Um, yeah. I thought you would talk about Sanctuary because you were really taken with that when we first watched it. it, it I've, I really, really, really like Sanctuary, and Sanctuary might be, I, I mean, Sanctuary is probably my, my number two or number three. So number one, or number one, I said was uh, redemption. Reckoning is right there. That they, they kind of. T- it seems like they're really just two parts of the same episode. But yeah. the first episode is awesome. Um, oh yeah. The I mean, it's, uh, the, yeah. So I was tempted to go with the first episode because every bit of that is amazing. And seeing that, um, and the whole opening sequence. Well, now we're getting into another territory for me. Because we're going to talk favorite moments, aren't we? Okay, let's get into favorite moments. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go with my favorite moment. Um, for this week, it's going to be the same as we talked about before. Um, it's going to be about family. Right now, that's that's my... And maybe it's all of the Halloween and horror and terrible things that I've been watching on television. And I say terrible, not in a... Um, not well done. I say terrible in a gory and yeah spooky and scary and creepy and so 
outside of the television, I'm very involved in, in family stuff. So that's uh, that's my, my motivation here. Uh, minus chapter three, the sin for my uh, for my episode with my that with my favorite scene of the week, and it was the ending. Which, first of all, uh, it's a good guy who's doing the winning, but it's kind of horrorish when he's going after the stormtroopers too. Yeah, um, that was that was very creepy. If you want a creepy scene, stormtroopers getting getting just taken apart in their own place, you know. Um, but that's not the scene I'm talking about. The scene that I'm talking about is at the end, uh, when he is surrounded by the bounty hunter guild on that planet, and the other Mandalorians, even though they've been in hiding, come out to help. Yep. Um, because it doesn't matter. This Mandalorian and the foundling, right? Because the child is officially a foundling at this point. The Mandalorian and the foundling are in trouble. And they are not going to allow that. You know, and even the guy who was just at his throat saying, you sided with the Empire. And it may have been that they realized that he went back for the child. And for that guy, I think that's what turned him around. I don't know if we talked about that before, but like, he turned this child over to the Empire. And then he went, no, forget it. <laughs> I'm going to wipe out the Empire and the Imperial forces that are here. And I'm taking this child back. Yep. Um, and I'm keeping my money, though. <laughs> Worst bounty hunter ever. Um, from a, you know, hiring point of view. Yeah, you can't trust that guy. Right. Um, but they came out. They were all there. They were on his side. They were like, we are with you. We've got this. You go. Take the child out of here, and we will cover it. Um, and it left me wanting more of them, um, which is, in some ways, I, I hate it because I'm worried that we won't see them again. You know, the Mandalorian and the child have a have a true journey to go on. And uh, and we have some other major characters that we know he's going to see and visit. Yeah. And I'm really, really worried that we're not going to get more of the Mandalorian family, the Mandalorian group. Yeah. Um, but it really, really, really left me wanting more. I and I think that's... I would be surprised if we didn't. Yeah, but at some point. I just... To, yeah, maybe not this season, though. Right. I hope it's, I hope it's more than an episode, but it... You know, that's that was the big draw for me. It was like, wow, these guys are really devoted to each other. Yeah. This is a this is a great clan. I want to see more of them working together and doing stuff. In what capacity, I don't know. But um very exciting, very fun, awesome battle. You know. Um a lot of bounty hunters who are skilled versus not a lot of Mandalorians who are very skilled, um, and it was just a really cool battle. And the whole battle between him and just the bounty hunters was really cool, leading up to it. Yeah, you know, I don't know if we're going to call that the same scene or or if this if it's considered a split scene there, but awesome, 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 awesome. So that was my scene that I chose. Nice. Mine is actually the 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 opening scene of episode one. I thought you were going to say that, which is why I stopped talking, too. Yeah, that's why I was like, well, we're going into, yeah. Um, yeah, which is uh, Dave Filoni directed, and John Favreau wrote, so it's the dream team. And that oh, yeah. entire episode does just blow you away. Like, But in that first few minutes, you realize this is not really a child's show. Like, kids can watch it. 
but this it's got edge to it and his very first line you know after the whole fight he doesn't talk during any of that um that guy you know you knocked over my drink which of course he didn't and then the bartender's like whoa we don't want any trouble here i'll give you a free drink and then you know just all heck breaks loose and we've we talked about i remember in detail about how the one guy's trying to get away and the mandalorian pulls him back in and cuts him in half with the door Yep. Um, which, in hindsight, maybe he was afraid the guy was going to go get help. I don't know. But either way, it was it was pretty it's pretty rough. The dude was running away, and Mandalorian cut him in half, and that was our introdu- introduction to him. But his, you don't get to attack a Mandalorian and then leave. I guess not. I guess that's this is know, the way. That was the way. And uh, the thing is, I don't even think he's supposed to be a very accomplished Mandalorian at this point. Um, he's just. A basic Mandalorian, which is to say, still tougher than most people. I mean, it's like well, saying a basic Navy SEAL, I guess. I don't, yeah, well, and I was going to say, I think he's, I think he is pretty well along, and we kind of made that judgment on the Mudhorn scene. Yeah. But we don't know a whole lot about the Mudhorn except that it's gigantic and it it roughed him up a lot. But that could have been true against, you know, even a strong, you know, somebody stronger than him could have had that trouble. Anyway. Yeah, and plus, if you remember correctly, he was pretty tore up from meeting those creatures that they ride, which I, I that bothered me that they were able to get the best of him because remember he after he saves the child, there's a scene of him in the desert trying to patch his armor, and he, he's trying to and he's literally trying to patch his own skin from where he's been cut, and that's the first time we see Baby Yoda get out and raise his hand up like he's going to do something right to try to help out. <laughs> well, that was the scene with the. Uh... Um, with the bounty hunters that came after him in the when he fought those four or five bounty hunters, that's yeah. when he got cut. Yeah, and that. But my my point is like he and his armor are pretty tore up by the time he faces the Mudhorn. Right. Then he has his encounter with the Jawas and falls off of the thing, and that's got to hurt. All right. Well, I want to get back to your scene, but I will say the blurs didn't bother me too much because I just rewatched that one. Yeah. And and their sneaky, creepy things. You know, like, he was watching them, and then he kind of looked away, and they were just, it was there. And as big as they are, I think they're relatively quiet in the sand, or on whatever terrain they were on. Because that's what happened, is the thing got a hold of him before he was able to... Yeah, he he, uh, he tried to roast it, as he yeah. himself says. Right, and he, was, <laughs> he wasn't able to react, and then um, even Quill was like, you get one of these as a as a reward, because... Yeah. You know, like, you helped me get these, and that's awesome. Like, he was really... And he talks about the your ancestors were the mythosaurus. You can drive... Yeah, I remember. Yeah. It was all cool. But, um, but anyway. yeah, so my favorite moment is when he walks in the bar, he fights those guys, and then they do a little bait-and-switch on us, and the seemingly harmless blue guy turns out to be his bounty, and the guy's talking, trying to talk his way out of it, and then we hear the first line the Mandalorian says, and do you remember what he says? I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. Yes, and it sets the tone and it sets the character with just that one line. He, he you know, he casually places his hand on the butt of his blaster. I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. And there's no emotion in his voice when he says it. It's just, it's awesome. Um, so that's my favorite moment in the, ser- in the first season is that kind of character establishing moment. Um, and also because it just made me so excited for the next you know, eight weeks to come. Um, well, seven, 
weeks because they did two episodes within a couple days. But uh, anyway, yeah, so that's kind of my my stuff. All right, I have a couple of honorable mentions for scenes. I got a bunch of those, but I was, um, yeah. well, you were gonna what? You go. What do you got? Forgo. I was gonna forgo them because I could sit here and talk all night about like. Oh, remember the scene where this happened? <laughs> yeah, well, I just had two, and one of them plays off of, of what yours was that I wanted to talk about. Because I want to talk about Sanctuary, and obviously the first Cara Dune fight, but that's a whole different thing. Go watch it. Um, it is awesome. So immediately after, when they're in the when they're, when they're they're in the speeder, um, riding off to his ship, yeah. right after that first scene, um, that's where we get some of the humor of Star Wars. And I think they did a wonderful job with that. You know, just the monster eating the the cab driver and, you know, them watching out for it and the blue guy kind of running his mouth. Like, they did a good job with Star Wars humor without being too, too cheesy. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it was funny, but it was terrifying because the guy's like, yeah, you don't want to be out here when this happens. And then he turns around and immediately gets killed. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, that's funny, but and then when uh, the 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 mithril guy is down in there and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm molting. You don't want to be down here when that's happening. But he meanwhile he finds the weapons cache and or cache, and he's like, he immediately closes it. Yeah, <laughs> it's which is hilarious. And then when he finds all the people in carbonite, that is like that's like Halloween type scary. Yeah, um, like the whole episode had all these different themes to it. Yeah. Um, and that's, and then we get to the end of the episode, and it was what you just said a second ago about, uh, you know, he's a, you're, you're done. Like, I'm taking you in, and I can drag what was left of you in, or you can walk in, but I'm taking you in. Yeah. Like, that was it. This is who I am. It's done. It's over. And then he gets to the child, and he's like, you know, like at the end of that first episode, he didn't do that. Yeah, he couldn't do it. Um, and you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Like, the only thing we know about this guy is, I don't care. I'm taking you in. I'm devoted to my bounty. And then he just destroyed, killed, whatever, another bounty hunter. And didn't, you know, wasn't willing to kill the child. And I'm like, something's, something's off. Um, and we find out that, you know... It's uh, it's a foundling kind of relationship. You yeah, know, like he's already kind of got that mentality for it, um, and you know, so I I, I really like that. Yeah, um, and it it divided us on who we knew he was versus who we thought he was versus who he would become, and it, it really naturally set a tone for his character, which was cool because they gave us two very opposites. Yep, but it it didn't. It didn't fight with what we knew. Yeah, the evolution made sense, like, especially, like you said, once we find out his history. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then the Mithril said, I guess I won't be going home for something. I think he says Life Day. He does say Life Day, if I remember correctly. I guess I won't be going, and uh, and then all of a sudden you see, it's a very Batman-esque type thing. Because then all of a sudden you realize the Mandalorian is literally right behind him and says, guess not. Guess not, yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, that, some, yeah. that part was, was definitely cool. I did have a question about the show overall. What was it? Something's been... 
on my mind that I've wanted an answer to. I was thinking about it a couple minutes ago and I lost it. Now I'm thinking about Peter Cetera. All I need is just a little more time to be sure what I feel. Was that what you're thinking of? No. Is it all in my mind? Cause it feels so hard to believe hmm. that you're all I need. You want more? I, I got more. I was waiting for you. No stars are out tonight, but we're shining our own. Do you have more? <laughs> I do have. I have something, but I can't think of it. And I almost, while you were singing, took my headphones off to think about it. But now I just have to keep thinking about it. It was just, it was, it was something overall series, something with the child. Um, I can't think of it. Something that's been bothering me. I've started watching the episodes again, and, and something's been on my mind, and I, I can't think of it. Well, remember, we have the ongoing debate about whether or not he would be good or bad, because there were signs where he might be a little bit bad. Yeah. We see him get the angry face sometimes. And we also saw him roast the stormtrooper. Now, it was clearly self-defense. It was. But he didn't have much trouble doing it. Yeah. And he's learning from the Mandalorian, who kills a lot of people. A lot of people, all the yeah. time. And now all he's looking for a group of sorcerers. I don't know what you were trying to think of, but I think I'm, that's all I got. I think that's all I've got, too. All right. Well, then next week we will do a recap of The Mandalorian Season 1 in preparation for the next episode of this podcast, which will be a recap of episode one season two of the mandalorian that's gonna be awesome yeah it is i'm excited about that heck yeah nine days and we need it honestly with 2020 we need something uh jeff bridges was diagnosed with lymphoma which uh if you're gonna get cancer that's the one you want but honestly you don't want cancer so uh it's very very sad news to hear about jeff bridges um so it's just a terrible year it is. Oh, well. But we got The Mandalorian Season 2 coming out, and we got squadrons to play right now in the meantime. So that'll help. Yeah, it will. Do you have any shout-outs you need to make? <sighs> Nothing today. I am I am ready and done, and that was fun, and I am excited to recap Season 1 and get into Season 2. And I already gave my Jermaine uh, shout-out, which is to say I can't recap. I think it was Jim Gaffigan who did that whole thing. But anyway, good stuff to bring it to our attention. Um, yeah, okay, as for now, that's it, and I'm Jim. And I'm Tim. And this has been our... Our certain point, point of view. view. Uh, remember, the... Force will be with you. Always. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way we brush our teeth. What? I, I have spoken. I have spoken. Audio one.